We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for joining us today. Many Christians today have accepted Bible teaching through the media to be as relevant as assembling together in the house of God. The Bible commands Christians to regularly assemble together because we, the people, are the church. The media serves a great purpose for those who are temporarily or permanently unable to assemble due to various life challenges. But there is no excuse for those of us who are able. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Have your Bibles. Turn with us again to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. The book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 23 through 25 is our text for this morning. The word of God reads, let us Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And from this passage of scripture, I want to preach part two of this series of messages entitled the priority of assembling ourselves together as the church. The priority of assembling ourselves together as the church. We live in a day when many believers refuse to come to the house of the Lord because of Bible teaching on the radio. Many believers don't come to the house of God because they stay home and watch church on television. They look at it on social media. They see it in the internet. And many even are meeting in small group Bible studies and say, that's just enough for me to name a few. Beloved, these are not substitutes for being an active member of a local church. It is absolutely incredible how Satan has deceived so many Christians into thinking that it is unnecessary to worship with God's people on the Lord's day. As a result, many saints have become spiritual babies. They don't grow up. They are biblically illiterate because they don't have a consistent attendance with the people of God on the Lord's day. They've become stagnant, disconnected, unstable. They're transient. They're moving all over the place. They can't come four consecutive Sundays in a row on time. And because of that, they lack a spiritual support system and a place of refuge. My friends, the church is losing her effectiveness in making a spiritual impact on the rapidly decaying culture in which we live. The church has drifted away from teaching sound biblical doctrine, which has weakened her influence in the world. Many churches have become spiritually anemic. They're destitute. They're poor and are losing their uh, spiritually poor. They are losing their ability to impact unbelievers. 
In many instances, Christian soldiers are walking around with their spiritual swords in their sheath, while others do not even realize that the, that the war is on. Many saints have missed the call to arms. This country will not be transformed through celebrities. It will not be transformed through politicians. This church and no other true church of the Lord Jesus Christ will not be transformed through talk shows. Everybody has a word. Everybody's talking. Talk, 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 talk. Corinthians says the kingdom is not about talk. The gospel of Jesus Christ is our only hope in these evil last days, these decadent times in which we live. It is the word of God that brings about transformation to the glory of God. And God requires his church to dispense, to give out the good news of Jesus Christ to those who are lost and headed toward a Christless eternity. What is the church? Many people today think that the church is an organization. Uh, Many people think that the church is a denomination. They think it is a building. This is not a biblical understanding of the true church. The word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, which is defined as an assembly or called out ones. The root meaning of the word church is not a building. It is not a building. The root meaning of the word church is wrapped up in ekklesia. We are the called out assembly of God. Often when believers are asked what church do they attend, they usually identify it as a building. Romans 16, 5a says, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Paul refers to the church in their house, which is not a church building, but a body of believers. The church assembles themselves together in sanctuaries. You'll find church meeting in homes. You'll find churches meeting in schools, in offices, in apartment clubhouses, in tents, and even underground meeting to avoid persecution. The church is the body of Christ, of which he, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, is the head. You say, how do you know that? Because of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 through 23, which says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Jesus is the great head of the church. He is in charge. The body of Christ is made up of all believers universally in Jesus Christ from the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 all the way until God comes and catches away the church from time to eternity. The universal church consists of all those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share in the same spirit. Let me tell you this, at conversion we are baptized into one body by one spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, placing all believers, true believers, in the body of Christ at the moment of conversion. This verse also says that anyone who believes in Christ alone is part of the body of Christ and has received the spirit of Christ as evidence. The universal church of God is all 
of those who have received salvation through faith in Jesus Christ alone, regardless of status, regardless of background, and regardless of ethnicity. Why do believers neglect church attendance? Why do believers uh, neglect church attendance? First of all, unbelievers do not desire to have regular attendance in a local church assembly because they do not have a relationship with Christ. So God doesn't expect non-believers to come to the Lord's house on the Lord's day because they don't have a relationship with Christ. But it is quite another thing when believers say they know Christ and yet willingly, willfully neglect regular church attendance. Some of the reasons why saints are not active members, say active. Some of the reasons why saints are not active members of a local church assembly are, number one, busyness. So many Christians are preoccupied with the activities of life, with overcrowded and jammed schedules, which causes them to be unavailable for church attendance. Busyness is one of Satan's best strategies for keeping believers from being active members of a local church. Beloved, if you're too busy for God, you're too busy. Number two, previous bad experiences is what keep many believers from coming to worship with God's people on the Lord's day. Previous bad experiences. Many Christians say they've had bad experiences in other churches they attend, so they have just given up going to church altogether. And Satan deceives them into thinking that all churches are the same. So they conclude, if all churches are the same, why go? Thirdly, many saints don't worship with God's people on the Lord's day because they don't want to be accountable to anyone. Many saints are satisfied living at the level of mediocrity. They are content with a substandard spirituality. They are not trying to take their spiritual walk with Christ to another level. They have been deceived into thinking that if they are not present with God's people on the Lord's day, hearing the word of God, that they are somehow not accountable for their actions. My friends, ignorance of God's law is no excuse. You are responsible for raising the spiritual bar of your own life. And you are going to stand before God and be evaluated on your commitment to the Lord's church. As human beings, we can come up with countless reasons to neglect our church attendance. And as he continues today's message, Pastor Rander addresses several of them. We cannot afford to give Satan a stronghold in this area of our lives. We must not be negligent in our church attendance. The enemy will cause all kinds of distractions. And all we have to do is look to our all-powerful God to defeat him every time. And we'll reap rewards for our determination and faithfulness. Remember to keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Why is it that so many saints don't come to the Lord's house on the Lord's day to worship with the people of God, to the glory of God? Many saints do not come because of family issues. Many saints stay at home because of family issues such as sickness, depression, marital discord, struggling with rebellious children, strife, and tension, and tension, just to name a few. The scripture says in Psalms 107 verse 28, he sent forth his word and healed them. That's why it is critical that, critical that you come to church. When you come, God's word is therapeutic. Uh, uh, God's word is able to heal depression, heal a down spirit. The, the word of God is able to revive your spirit. The word of God is even able to heal physically 
if that's what the Lord wants. He sent forth his word and healed them. You are wise indeed when you put uh, your life and your family under the word of God because the word of God is spiritually therapeutic. Beloved, healing comes from hearing and receiving and activating the word of God in your life. My friend, it is because of family issues that you really need to be with the assembly of believers to receive the word of God, which provides assurance, comfort, and hope. It is inexcusable. I repeat, it is inexcusable for Christians not to be members and participate in the life of the Lord's church. For some of you, when you stand before God instead of uh, him saying, hearing the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. He's going to tell some of you, where were you? Why were you always absent? Where are your works sent, works in the kingdom since you've been saved by grace through faith alone? Now, all of that was a bit of a review. Here are the new insights. I just wanted to speed. Now, slow down because I know you can't write that fast. But I wanted to just bring you to where we are right now. Now I slow down. Number five, why do saints neglect coming to church? Because of weariness. I'm tired. Many Christians are just worn out and tired due to pressures of life. They're dealing with children all week. The house cleaning, the washing of clothes, the cooking, the grocery shopping, working two or more jobs. They're worrying about this and that. They're stressed out. So they conclude that Sunday will become their day of rest. And therefore, they do not go to church. It's my rest day. Well, you don't rest on Monday. That's right. I don't care how tired you are. You get up on Monday. And sometimes you're there at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock. So Monday, if Monday's not your... If you're scheduled to be at work, you don't just turn it into a rest day. If you do it too often, you will be on permanent rest. (laughs) Beloved, when you start your Sunday worshiping with like-minded believers in the house of God, he will give you quality rest. Did you hear what I just said? When you start your day out with God on Sunday morning with his people in his house on the Lord's day, he will give you quality rest. Now, some of, some, there are some people who miss coming to be with God's people in the name of rest. And guess what? They stay home and they end up being restless. Good for you. Good for you because God gives quality rest to those who honor him first by being in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. He said, I will grant you quality rest. You worship God in his house and he will provide rest like no one else can do. I love that great passage on uh, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, which says, then Jesus said, come to me. So you can't have rest in money, no rest in drugs. No rest in alcohol, no rest in people. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary, you who are tired and carry heavy burdens. He says, I will give you rest. There's rest, spiritual rest. And when you have spiritual rest, he'll grant physical rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do saints neglect worshiping with God's people on the Lord's day? Number six, many believers seldom attend worship celebration in the Lord's house because they simply don't feel like it. 
don't feel like it. Uh, beloved, you must not trust your feelings and your emotions. Do not allow yourself to be guided by your feelings and your emotions. They'll have you all crazy and all over the place. You can't jump every time your, your feelings say, do this, do that. You, you're headed for a collapse. Jesus could have said, listen to this. Jesus could have said, I don't feel like coming into the world to die on a cross, to shed my blood, to save lost humanity from their sins. I don't feel like going down there to subject myself to lost humanity. I don't feel like being spit upon and cussed and mocked and, and, and have death threats. I don't feel, but he didn't say that. Won't you say hallelujah if you believe it? I mean, you're glad God, God the Son didn't say, I don't feel like it. He did it just for you. His unconditional love for lost sinners moved him to come to earth to die to make salvation available for all who would receive him as their personal savior. I'm glad that God, knowing what he was going to go through before he even went, he suffered it to be so. Because he loved us that much with an unconditional love. Why don't you say amen? So, so because of who he is and what God has done for you, you ought to say, I, I want to. I'm determined to. I, I, I'm compelled by the God who lives in me to worship with God's people on the Lord's day to the glory of God. Why do saints neglect worshiping with God's people, assembling themselves together in worship, praise, and celebration? You know why they can't worship with God's people? Because they are blaming God for difficult life experiences. They blame God for difficult life experiences. That's what they do. Such as health issues, cancer, loss of employment, broken relationship. They blame God. Divorce, blame God. You know, you sit up there and marry somebody that was... Uh, unequally yoked, and then you're going to blame God for marrying a fool? God said, I didn't do that. You did that. You married that fool. I tried to do everything I, to stop you. You went on past me. I sent you sign after sign after sign, and you just wiped all my signs out. Now look at you. You all in a hot mess. Now, and you know what? You messed up three times not looking at, not looking and depending on me, and this is your third wife, third husband. Stop marrying. Be still and listen to me. That's why you get a husband, 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 husband. Some of y'all need to stop getting these folks messing up lives. You just need to be still and trust God. Better God living godly and happily single than miserably married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so, they, so, so they don't come because of difficult life experience. And they get angry because they are angry at God. Beloved, if Satan can deceive you into blaming God for your personal trials, if Satan can deceive you, then he has succeeded in keeping you away from the Lord's house to hear a word from God. Being angry at God only creates more opportunities for Satan to wreak havoc in your life. Oh, Satan loves it when you are angry at God. Oh, stay angry. Ooh, stay angry. Stay angry four months, five months, six months, two, two years, five years. Oh, keep on being angry. Because he knows he got you and he's setting you up for the for the kill. It listen, being angry with God, it will also prolong your adversity, your trial. You can't get rid of your pain being angry with God. Your hurt will intensify, intensify 
you will be more disappointed and you will be in a state of hopelessness because of your being angry at God. Being angry at Almighty God is a dangerous thing. It is to your own detriment physically and spiritually. If you're angry at God, who can help you? When you get in trouble, if you're angry at God, who can deliver you? Who can provide for you? Who can save you? you perpetually angry at God. Where else do you go after that? Therefore, repent and be reconciled to him so you can receive God's peace. Stop being angry and blaming God for where you are in life so you can receive his rest. God wants to heal you. And he wants to bring restoration in your life. Look at Job's. Look at look at look at Job and, and look look at his response when faced with losing everything. Job lost his possession, he lost his servants, Job lost his livestock, his children, and even his own health. And after losing all of that, Job one, chapter one, verses twenty through twenty-one says, Then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worship. See, he didn't blame God. In the midst of his trouble, he fell to the ground and not shake a fist at God, but he worshiped God through his trial. You know, it is when you're going through trials and disappointments and going through a time of hardships and pain, that's when you ought to worship God, stay ever so close to him Hang with the people of God and not only be encouraged, but be an encourager and watch God work. Job, in the midst of all those incomprehensive losses, incomprehensible losses, he worshiped God. Verse 21, and he said, naked, I came from my mother's womb after he had lost everything and naked, I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 also says, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity, Job? Look, look at yourself. In other words, look at him. She was speaking out of frustrations. I understand Mrs. Job. She had lost her children, her home, everything. She was totally frustrated, but she, she responded differently. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? Whew, that's, that's tough. Verse 10, but Job said to his to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall not accept adversity? He said, is all you want, Mrs. Job, is good every day? Have it your way every day? Whatever, I mean, just whatever, God, whatever you want, God just give it to you. Shall we just accept good from God and not adversity? In other words, he says, we need to be willing to accept both. That's called life and human experiences. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. I wonder had you, if you or I had gone through what Job went through, would we have sinned with our lips? Sometimes somebody look at you wrong, you sin with your lips. That's right. Somebody don't fix your coffee right, you sin with your lips. Your food... In the restaurant, you misrepresent God when your food is not right. Take this back. You know, you got an attitude. I mean, sometimes they need to take it back, but you can be gracious with it. Oh, could you heat this up a little bit more, please? This doesn't seem to be warm enough. I sure would appreciate it. Take this back. 
No, I don't want it. Give me my money back. Get quiet in here because that's what some of you do. Do you sin with your lips? If you can't have a cup of lukewarm coffee, surely you can't handle all your children being wiped out. Your house, your property, and everything, everything is gone. Like Job, instead of blaming God for our circumstances, we must by faith trust the Lord and not sin with our lips. We do more sinning with our lips than any other thing. It's so easy to talk ourselves into trouble and sin with our mouth. And that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth because he wants you to do more listening than what? But even though, what would it be like if we had three mouths? Oh my goodness, we can't have one mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue and y'all be shooting up folk with a machete with your tongue, with your tongue up. Some of you only need a half a mouth. <laughs> what is the purpose of the church? Y'all hanging with me. What is the purpose of the church? Number one, to teach biblical doctrine. The church is to teach sound biblical doctrine so we can be grounded in our faith. Ephesians 4.14 says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and, and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. A lot of schemes. A lot of people are tossed to and fro. They grab everything. They put everything in their mouths. They, they believe everything because they don't know the truth. Pastor Rander concludes part one of this message with the question, what is the purpose of the church? Listen to his God-inspired answers and reflect on this. God gave his son to pay the penalty for our sin. Then he took his rightful place with his father in heaven. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit, God has empowered us as Christians to be his representatives here on earth until he returns. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas.